Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, January 6, 2023, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter, We Agnostics, and we're on page 53, the fourth paragraph, That Was Natural, ending with that faith had been involved all the time, reading that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Toby K, 12 Traditions, Chris G, reading the text, are Tenzin P and Barb W, and Anita L is our backup. The newcomer greeter is Sandy K, and the host of the second hour is Karen K. The reference numbers for Thursday, January 5th, 2023, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 19825. That's 19,825. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 19,826. That's 19826. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Toby Kay to read the 12 steps. Hi, it's Toby Kay. Thank you for your service. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for that knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for letting me be service. I pass. Thank you, Toby. Okay, I will now ask Chris G. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. These are the 12. This is Chris G. from uh, Tennessee, and these are the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. <clears throat> Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OASI should never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual <clears throat> foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me read. Thank you, Chris. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 53, the fourth paragraph um, with, uh, that says that was natural, ending with that faith had been involved all the time, reading that one paragraph only. And I will ask Tenzin P. to get started. Mm, thank you very much. Tenzin P. checking in from New York City, gratefully recovering. Okay. That was natural. 
but let me but let us think a little more closely without knowing it had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith for did we not believe in our own reasoning did we not have confidence in our ability to think what was that but a sort of faith yes we had been faithful objectively faithful to the god of reason so in one way or another we discovered that faith had been involved all the time well thank you very much um so grateful to be sharing today um so this paragraph seems to me to be uh, trying to point out the difference between a faith that works and misplaced faith. Uh, but it's also talking about that we have used, um, well, maybe not misplaced. We've used faith in many ways. And we're not necessarily talking here about religious faith um, when I look up faith in the dictionary talks about trust belief confidence conviction reliance dependence so this is not necessarily blind faith we're using reason as much as possible but we reach a point where reason is not sufficient and reason definition of reason from the dictionary an explanation, a justification, the power of the mind to think and form judgments, rationale, motivation, could be justification or rationalization. So we've been led to this point in, in the book, first recently talking about the Wright brothers had a motivation, a deep motivation, uh, that led them uh, to continue their uh, um, experiments with flight. And then we talked about uh, that either God is everything or God is nothing. And we're at the point from yesterday, there's a bridge of reason um, with, that led us this far, but we are squarely confronted by the question of faith. So um, moving Moving ahead uh, just a little bit in the book, um, it talks about that deep down inside of every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. We finally saw that faith in God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that God may be found. And it was so with us. So I think that's all I have about faith and reason and finding the deepest faith within ourselves one step at a time. And I pass. Look forward to hearing what everyone else has to say. Perfect timing, Tenzin. Thank you so much for getting us started. 
And uh, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So if you shared on any of the meetings um, on Wednesday or Thursday, please hold back. Um, so who would like to share on this, ta on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Melissa C. Angie. Anne-Marie M. Loretta H. Loretta H. Jim F. Debbie D. Debbie D. Did you get Melissa C? I did. Okay, thanks. Donna Q. Okay. Um, Donna Q. Let me, I'm sorry, my pencil just totally freaked out on me. It's brand new and I don't know how to make it give me more ink. Oh dear. Um, okay. So let me sh tell you who I have. I have Katie G, Melissa C, Anne Marie M, Loretta H, Jim S, and Debbie Q. Did I miss anyone? Okay. Well, let's go with that lineup. Katie G, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. <clears throat> it's really interesting. So I looked up this word abjectly because I just assumed it was like really faithful. But I guess it means extreme and desperately faithful to the God of reason. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, like, I've worshipped my mind my whole life. Like, I literally have thought, if I have a thought, it's true. If I have a feeling, my thinking tells me I have to act on that feeling, and it's true. And the problem is, I have really warped thinking, and it's all based on me. So, like, if something happens tragically in your life, or I'll, I'll share a woman, a really good friend of mine, her son committed suicide in recovery, and I was really upset for her because she didn't call me, right? So I have this, like, self-centered fear that, like, um, that lies to me, that tells me I'll only be okay if I'm a success, if I'm thin. I'll only, there are finite resources, so I have to fight. I have to fight to be okay. And this kind of thinking would get revved and revved and revved to the point where eating would be the only thing that would stop my thinking. And I felt desperately, extremely you know, married to this God of reason, and I didn't know how to let go. And that's what happened to me in my last relapse is that, like, the um, the erosion of, like, my grasp with reality started because I reasoned, oh, lying isn't that big of a deal. Getting on the scale one time a day isn't that big of a deal. And you know what? Five times a day, not that big of a deal. And you know what? Everyone who's talking to you about being underweight is jealous. And you know what? Um, I'm going to exercise two hours a day, and I'm not going to take quiet time. And da-da-da. And so all of a sudden, like, I was dying in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, and all I knew was my thinking. And I have to tell you that this program for me is like – 
I have to let go of my thinking. I literally have to walk against anything that I think. Um, as a recovered woman today, like I am given proper use of the will. However, I have to think, I have to use my thinking and run it all by God. Like if somebody makes a suggestion to me and I'm not willing to do it, I don't go with that not willingness. I need to go with, okay, Katie, why not? Like God and getting away, breaking away from this extreme desperate commitment to my mind is how I get to God. And that's where the freedom is. You know, and if you're new or you're in relapse, I'll just wrap with this. There is hope today. There is so much hope. And most significantly, there is freedom from food, but even more freedom of the bondage of thinking. There is God. And uh, that's what I got. Thanks. Keep coming. Thank you, Katie G from Boston. Okay, Melissa C, you're up, followed by Anne Marie M. Hi, good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, you know, I was laughing going after going after Katie. Yeah, I looked that word up too. I guess that's you know, I guess that's part of what what we do here. Um, you know, and I saw for like for myself, um, I'm I have been and still can be 100% confident in my thinking. Like. Um, I have always had this belief that I could think straight. Like, I always thought um, that what I was taking in, putting it through the filter of me, what I got was accurate information. And I also remember as a kid feeling like I just want to shut my brain down for a minute because... I'm I'm a compulsive overthinker. I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm a compulsive overthinker. So something happens and I like my brain just chews on it like relentlessly and I guess that's what it means to be obsessive, right? And I found at a really young age, I think compulsive overeaters um are brilliant. I think we're brilliant because we find a substance that's readily available that's not illegal, that's like real out there in the open for most of us and we use it I used it to to quiet my thinking and um you know and and here's the problem that I gather information um from from the world and I make decisions and draw conclusions based on the data I gather and I treasured that and I valued it and been objectively 100% without any reservations faithful to that God but here's the big problem with my worshiping this God of reason is the data I gathered and can still gather is corrupt because I take in my information through the filter of me. So it's my selfish lens that gathers up information and my unhealthy mind and, and it looks around and it sees everything that's not to my liking and I completely can overlook all the good as if it doesn't even exist. That's what my senses do. And and then it zones in on what's out of place and in gathering that up says, well, there can't be a loving creator interested in helping me because X, Y, and Z has happened to me because I've been the victim of blank, right? Whatever it is, my view was that I was the victim. 
And the best thing that ever happened to me was I was brought to a place where I began to question my own sanity. And at that, my mind opened wide. And I was willing to say, maybe I'm not gathering the correct information. Maybe there's a better way. And um, and that's really where it starts for us. I'll just wrap up with saying, when I made that leap, then I had an open mind. And God rushed in and came. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Marie M., you're up, followed by Loretta H. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for um, leading the meeting. Appreciate that. This is Anne Marie M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And through God's grace in me doing the work of the 12 steps, the obsession to compulsively eat has been removed, and I am just so grateful for that. And it's been done to me, but not by me. I I didn't I didn't take away that uh, obsession, and it can be removed. So I just wanted to say all that before I started on this paragraph. Um, that was natural. What was natural? Um, but somehow it's you know referring deferring to the two sentences above. But somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason that last mile. And we did not like to lose our support. That was natural. I love the compassion found in this book and found in friends like the last two uh, people that spoke are are friends of mine and grateful uh, for this fellowship because I beat myself up tremendously. And um, it's natural that I didn't want to give up on my support, you know, um, and not only my mind and my thoughts and in my thinking, but in in the food, in my best friend, the, the the thing that I thought was going to give me peace and support, and and it did give me comfort for a little while. For um, you know, especially in my early my very early years. Um, of compulsively eating when I was young, when I was just a child, it did give me that comfort, but it changed on me. And um, as I continued compulsively eating, uh, it, it didn't give me the effect. And honestly, for the first that first bite, after a few seconds maybe, I did get some relief, but it didn't last. So, um, so it was natural for me to want to to be fearful of losing the only support that I knew that was going to give me comfort. Um, But let us think a little bit more closely. And, um, you know, uh, had we not been um, brought to where we stood by a certain phase. So, um, you know, I I did believe in my own reasoning, and I, I did believe that I was right and everyone else was wrong. And even when uh, suggestions were given to me by people that were recovered, I thought, no, I don't think so. I think I can do it a different way. Um, I was stubborn. It took me so long. But I'm grateful um, that it took me to where I am today. And I'm I'm so forever grateful for this program and especially for this meeting. This is a a recovered, I consider it a recovered um, OA meeting because it, it, goes by the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's where the, um, the solution lies. Thanks. I'll pass. 
Thank you, Anne-Marie M. from South Carolina. Loretta H., you're up, followed by Jim F. Good morning, Katie, and good morning, everybody on this line, along with my precious God, who is saving my life today. Loretta H. recovered in North Carolina. Did we not have confidence in our own ability to think? I had overconfidence. It's like in the Spencer Herbert Spencer quote. It was all about my ego, and my ego ran so rampant until I basically came into the rooms because I could not show up for my dad's death because of this disease, and there I had no. I just had nothing left, and um, the and I use this a lot because this is where. Surrender, the acronym, seriously understanding real recovery entails not debating every reason. I had to stop the debating side. My reasoning was not working. I was 54 years old. I did not know how to eat. I could not show up for any of my responsibilities. I was just... A failure, and yet I thought my thinking was the best thing since sliced bread. And today, with God's grace and mercy, is the day eight thousand three or thirty-four days ago I walked into the rooms of OA, and today I can call myself recovered because of this wonderful program, but because I did the work through the steps. My first sponsor was actually a big book bumper. She was a nutritionist, so I had a food plan that worked for only me. I was able to um, understand, even though I didn't have a God of my understanding, I had a friend. I had somebody to guide me, and that's what works. So if you're a newcomer, and I remember her leaving her in Central Park, and she says, you only have to do this one day at a time. And I cannot believe that 8,034 days ago, it was one day at a time. And I am so grateful because it has changed my life. It has given me a life. And also, it helps me solve all my problems. What a miracle. I can't, you know, I can't tell the newcomer how magical and mystical, but also how much work there is involved. And please keep coming back because it works. God will change your life. This program will change your life. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta H. from North Carolina. Jim S., you're up, followed by Debbie Q. Hi, I'm Jim S. in Chicago, uh, overeater. Um, I'm not new to 12-step, but I'm couple years in, two to three years in OA. It you know, started in person, then came to vision about two years ago. I think this is the third time I've talked on the line. Um, but I, I have to, um, the sentence of, did we not have the confidence in our ability to think? Was this not a faith? And, um, you know, like everyone has already said, you know, I, I've spent my whole life listening to my, you know, the voice in my head and listen, in, in 
okay, my my thoughts are saying I need to go in this direction. <clears throat> and um, as we, you know, that hasn't worked really well. Um, but that my higher power has been my own will, my own thoughts. So I've had a lot of faith. It just hasn't been in the right thing. Um, so now what I'm trying to do, and I'm so happy to say, if, you, if someone wants to take a bow, stand up and take a bow. But in two years, you vision people have convinced me that I need a higher power. And that is not a, a small feat, believe me, because I've been in 12-step rooms for a long time. So I really want to thank you for that. Um, so today what I'm trying to do is instead of listening to that voice in my head, my thoughts, I'm just letting life lead me. And um, I'm letting, you know, my higher power, I'm letting God, whatever, you know, power of the universe, it's, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but I don't have to run the show and I don't have to make everybody and everything the way I want it. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday about my 24-year-old daughter who's making some late major decisions, job, uh, moving something. Um, and they said, you know, why don't you let it go? And why don't you just let God be the parent? And with that, I will close. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Jim um, from Chicago. <coughs> Excuse me. Debbie Q, you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. We're on page 53, the fourth paragraph. Okay, go ahead, Debbie. Thank you. I just I just wanted to say good morning, and I wanted to um, – I love the set-aside prayer, and this goes right along with it. I am losing faith, and you think that would be a scary statement to lose faith, but it's good to have less faith in myself and more faith in God. But here's the set-aside prayer, and I just want to pass it on to a newcomer who may not have heard it yet. And it's uh, just a short paragraph. God, please help me set aside everything I think I know about myself, the 12 steps, the big book, the meetings, my disease, and help me set aside everything I think I know about you so that I may have an open mind and a new experience with you today. Please help me see the truth. Amen. That's all I have. Thank you so much, Debbie. Okay, so again, if although we value your experience, we ask that you only share every third day. So who else would like to share on this third, um, fourth paragraph on page 53? Hi, Debbie v. v. Julie K. Debbie V. Ken W. A. It's Debbie Jody. V. Okay, Carmela I got Debbie B. C. Ken W. H. Carmela G. Pedro B. Hi. And Pedro. K. Pedro. Julie K. Okay. Did I miss anybody? I have Debbie V. We had Debbie Q. Now we have Debbie V. Ken W. H. Carmela G. Pedro. I don't know the initial. Julie K. Who else? Star one. Joanne P. Joanne P. Okay. Lauren N. Lauren N. Okay, well, let's go with that lineup, and then if we have more time, we can get some more people in. Um, so that's Debbie V, Ken W.H., Carmela G., Pedro B., I think, 
Julie K, Joanne P, and Lauren N. Go ahead, please, Debbie, followed by Ken WH. Hi, good morning, it's Debbie D. And um, I have to laugh because I put my name in for the first round and another Debbie came on and shared because the initial was misunderstood, which, you know, hello, God's will. <laughs> so I just had to laugh about that. But um, so as far as the paragraph with the thinking and the faith, the first thing that comes to mind for me is um, may he rest his soul. I lost my husband three years ago. And with that, my whole life changed. And God started coming in and taking care of me. And my faith grew to like a thousand percent. And so now when something happens, um, you know, that I, I need help with, which is everything um, from A to Z, um, I pray to God to send me the right person take out the wrong people and, you know, just help me through the situation. And sometimes it's within seconds that I get the answer. And sometimes I have to practice my patience and wait. And then the answer always comes. And sometimes my thinking will tell me, oh, that's the answer when I'm not mature enough to understand that it's not the answer. Like it says in the big book, all those absurd ideas that we get. And um, as far as the ideas, I have to remember that my thinking is way off. And I just started realizing that. I I never realized that my thinking was off. And all of a sudden, like, I just can't figure life out. And I don't know if it's because of the grief or I'm alone now, but I just can't figure life out. And thank God I have, you know, even a mustard seed of faith because I can get down on my knees and, and pray and just beg God, like, please help me, like, just be here for me. And he always is. And, uh, you know, I consider myself very immature in this area, um, but I do have the mustard seed, and um, I like to, to be humble. And I just, you know, the 11th step will just find me. Okay, thank you so much for letting me share, and everyone have a blessed day. Thank you, Debbie D. And I'm sorry I didn't hear you the first time. Um, <laughs> That's Ken, okay. Ken WH, you're up, followed by Carmela G. Thank you. Uh, this this is Ken WH, recovered compulsive eater in North Carolina. Um, I'm just struck by Bill Wright's so incredibly well and thoughtfully, interestingly. Uh, the paragraph before talks about, now, you know, 
reason getting us getting me so far and that but I couldn't quite make that last step perhaps leaning too heavily on reason and then it says that was natural <laughs> but then <laughs> but let us think <laughs> a little more wait a minute um it's my thinking that got me where I am and into more trouble than I can even begin to uh, relate um so <laughs> it's it's just interesting the the uh, paradox of that uh, let's think on it some more um what i've come to understand and i'm still coming to understand and embrace in my life is that the god of reason um has been transformed into god's reason <laughs> and you can change the capitals wherever you like um, but the God of reason that I really, really worshipped is um, has been transformed into God's reason, and and God's reason for my life I I've come to believe and understand through recovery um, is for me to be happy, joyous, free, healthy, and um, humbly and happily faithful rather than abjectly, which is miserable, basically, miserably faithful uh, to some other God. But I I'm, I believe God's will for me is that I be faithful uh, to God's will for me, <laughs> for to God's reason, God's plan, God's way of life. And uh, my faith, faith in myself, uh, just was absolutely, abjectly, <laughs> useless uh, was a failure um, so I've come to believe and I do have faith and I stumble and fumble through it often I'm still humbly <laughs> um, learning to be more faithful uh, day by day but uh, without this faith in uh, God's reason God's way of life living life on God's terms um, Without it, I'd be absolutely lost. Thanks for letting me share. Bye. Thank you, Ken. Okay, Carmela G., you're up, followed by Pedro B. Thank you so much, Katie, and thank you, everyone, for being on the line this morning, for those who shared, and for those who are listening. My name is Carmela G., and I am a grateful, recovered for today, compulsive overeater. Thinking, my thinking, my faith. Yes, I had both, but it was skewed. It was truly skewed because my thinking was one day I thought I was queen of the May, top of the mountain. Oh, I could do anything. And the next day or the next moment, I was lower than dirt. My thinking just it was crazy thinking and I was living like that it was this program and working the steps and I always thought I was a woman of faith but that was also an arrogant belief today I have learned through this program that we must be humble. Of myself, I am nothing. I receive every 
source of power. Every talent, every word, everything that I do throughout the day, I totally must connect to that power that is greater than I that I call God. And it is that power that allows me because every day I ask, please guide and direct me and speak loudly so I can hear the directions to follow your directions. No longer am I the arrogant, pompous Carmela or the shriveling lack of self-confidence Carmela. I walk hand in hand throughout the day and trust. And that is the basis of the way I live today. And it is such a gift. And for that, I am grateful. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Carmela. Okay, Pedro B, you're up, followed by Julie K. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. No, thank you. Thanks for your service. Yay, my name is Pedro Juan B, and I am a compulsive overeater, and I'm very happy to be here. I want to say Happy to, happy New Year to everyone. Um, if you're new, welcome. If you've been here for 100 years, welcome. Everyone in between, welcome. Uh, this is home. This is home for us. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Uh, interesting. Uh, our thinking, you know, um, and uh, it tells me that the problem is in my thinking, right? And then it tells me uh, on page 86 that on awakening, let me think about the 24 hours ahead. Before I begin, I ask God to direct my thinking. And then later on, it says we come to rely upon our thinking. So, um uh, our thinking changes, you know, our thinking changes and, and, you know, the recovery, I mean, um, I, that's what I believe, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm also a believer that, you know, we found the great reality deep down within us. And the last analysis only there that he made found was so with us. So, uh, you know, the, you know, in my teachings, right, I'm, I'm, uh, I practice true Buddhism and, and true Buddhism teaches me that all human beings possess a Buddha nature. You know, so this belief, this great reality, this this beautiful thing that that wants us to to do well, to be to be successful at living, is it's been directing my life for sixty six years, right? Um, but the problem is the other side. You know, they talk about you know uh, the light, but there's also the dark side. So it's really a battle between positive and negative forces. The battle is within. I heard it in, in AA. It's an inside job. Right, so uh, I have to pay attention. I have to pay attention to both voices, the voice that wants to destroy me and the voice that wants me to be successful. You know, it says on page one thirty-three of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we're sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free, and that wouldn't that be God's will for me? When and my my sponsor told me, hey, you need to align your will to His. So I'm going to have to do everything in my power to be happy, joyous, and free today. Right to. Today is the day, you know, uh, in, in uh, I think it's how it works. It talks about, uh, um, you know, may you find him now, God, that is. May you, you know, what my friend Jeff F. shared about that, and that's been, stay with me. That stay with me. If I can find him now, that means he's with me now at every moment, 
I have, I can have a connect any kind. What do I do now, God? What do I do? Because it's deep down within me. It's always coming with me. You know, I can listen to my ego. I can listen to God. It's my choice. And uh, what's been working for me is on page 100 of the Big Group of Alcohol Synonymous for the last, for the last 35 days my sponsor said to me, look on page 100. It, uh, it, it really works. What it says is, both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things we change was when we put ourselves in God. Let me wrap it up, please. In God's hand, okay. we're better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictate of a higher power, and you will present to live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. So I'm going to put everything in God's hand today. Thanks for letting me share. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you. Pedro B. from California. Julie K., you're up, followed by Joanne P. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. This is Julie K. I am a recovering compulsive overeater in Connecticut. Um, uh, thank you, everyone, for your service today. So um, I am in another big book study with my sponsor and my sponsor's sponsor and every all of both of their sponsees, and it's really quite a wonderful thing. And last night we read this chapter or pieces of this chapter and I've been I've been waiting for a vision and that big study to collide so I was really happy last night um but one of the things that I think is so wonderful is you know we talk so much about how what a wonderful writer Bill is but for me these aren't Bill's words these are God's words being being written through Bill you know this is what God wants me to do these are the instructions that my higher power is giving to me. And, you know, the, the way that I used to think and the way that I used to reason, man, I was terrorized by my own thoughts. I was terrorized by my own reason because I had no faith. My faith was in myself. And, man, am I a bad decision maker or what? You know, and when I came into this program and I started to really believe that there was something better for me, that my higher power, that there was a higher power for me. Um, and I started to really put my faith in the notion that God is everything or God is nothing. There are no half measures in this program. I had to then wrap my head around the fact that every negative thing that has happened in my life wasn't because God wasn't with me. It was because God was with me and leading me to the point where I am now, which is happy, joyous, and free 90% of the time when I can get out of my own way. I am my worst enemy. It's not you. It's not them. It's not my mother, my wife, my children. It's me. When I am not walking hand-in-hand with God, when I am not turning my fear over to God on a moment-to-moment basis, man, I am trying to run the show, and it's awful. So I'm just so grateful to be here, so grateful to have been able to see and hear and read this chapter through a different lens today, and um, I'm super grateful. So thank you. Thank you. That was Julie Kay from, I think she's Connecticut. Uh, Joanne P., you're up, followed by Lauren M., Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P. from Pennsylvania. I'm grateful, by the grace of God, recovered compulsive overeater. When I read these words, 
without knowing it, we had been brought in where we stood by a certain kind of faith. I think back to um, first learning about OA, I thought I needed a psychiatrist. I, I knew something was wrong with me. I just, you know, couldn't stop eating and I knew what to do and I just couldn't do it and I didn't know why. And I even told my doctors, I think I need a psychiatrist. I don't know why I'm gaining all this weight and just getting bigger and bigger. And now when I think back on it, yeah, it was God that brought me here. And, you know, I did believe in God, but did I have a relationship with God like I do now? No, I did not. But, um, yeah, thanks to this beautiful program and thanks to all of you and especially thanks to my sponsor and, and to God, you know, I have learned to abandon myself to my higher power. I've learned that I, my problem is my lack of power, and I learned to surrender. You know, God is everything or God is nothing, and accept people for who they are and to live humbly and try to walk through life practicing these steps. It's not easy. You know, every day we wake up. Yeah, we're an addict. Every morning when we wake up, we're an addict. And boy, I relapsed enough to to know the the uh, the cunning, baffling, insidious disease that lurks there. Right, lurks. Somebody said to me yesterday, lurking. It's lurking there <laughs> uh, somewhere. But um, by the grace of God and um, our program and these twelve steps, yeah, I feel like um, my mind knows now that it's all God, you know, God is everything. And by the grace of God and uh, working with all of you, and I'm so grateful to this program and to all of you and to Bill W. I think he was divinely inspired. This book was divinely inspired. The wording is just amazing to me. And the more I read it, the more I grow and the deeper I get into my, um, yeah, to my faith but it's all about surrender. And so every day I surrender myself to God and ask him to take care of everything. And um, thank you so much. I love you all. That I pass. Thank you, Joanne P. from Pennsylvania. Okay, Lauren N., you're up, and then we'll have time probably for one more share. Go Good ahead, morning, all. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, good morning, all. Lauren N. here from New York, compulsive overeater and sugar addict. For the past year, I have been having faith in my brain and not higher power and not a group of drunks and not vision and not anyone else or anything else. I've believed that I knew the answer. And thank God it's creeping back into me. The understanding that I don't have the answers, that I have to surrender completely and listen to my higher power, whatever he or she or it might instruct me to do. 
this program has changed my life in more ways than I can imagine. And I walked away from it thinking that I knew better over just a little over a year ago. I left these rooms and it's taken me about, well, it took me about four months or five months to be down on my knees and realize that there is no other way. And then it took me the next six months, eight months to get back to surrender. And thank God, one day at a time, I've over 40 days of surrendering and I feel like a new person again. I'm still insecure like I was in the very beginning, but it's only because of the message that I hear here and here in the rooms and by recovered people who I talk to often that I'm able to realize that I was in self-will for the past year. And now I'm trying very hard to remain in God's will. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lauren, from New York. Naomi Lauren okay, Naomi, you can oh, take great. the last two minutes. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, family. You know, um, just on a side note, we uh, this is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive eater outside Philadelphia. It's so funny. It really is true, and I know it's often, you know, not what we're reading. We really are not a glum lot. Situation happened yesterday, but I will get to the point. Situation happened yesterday. I was coming through class, and one of the teachers said, oh, we have this beautiful Jewish apple cake. It's for everyone. I said, I don't eat it. But I baked it. It's for everyone. So I leaned over, and I whispered to her. I said, I'm allergic. I'm allergic to those foods. I said, if I eat it, I break out in fat. And she kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Anyway, like I said, we're not a glum lot. This is it. This is it. I I trust and surrender everything, every single day to my God. Because without him, like with my phone, I have to plug it in. I have to be plugged in to my higher power every single day to get through the day, to know that there are foods that there is no way I will eat. And and the surrender, the surrender part to God, it's just, it's a gift. It's a gift to surrender, to communicate with my friend, my constant companion, all day long. And needless to say, as a teacher, three and four year olds, you know, I need a, I need a lot of help. Thank you for allowing me to share. Family, I love you. God bless you. And I still happy New Year. Thank you for allowing me to share. And thank you for your service. And I pass. Thank you, Naomi. And um, <clears throat> so that was our last share for the day. And uh, thank you to everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Friday, January 6, 2023, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,828. That's 19828. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barb W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Barb W., gratefully recovered in Illinois. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.